So you're fully sanctified, though, now. Not fully sanctified. You are, because apparently but only the second with... coming has happened. Oh, <laughs> that's right. So, so um, <laughs> because I'm reading an article right now about how Trump is the Messiah. Right. So, so tr- Trump's the Messiah. Ergo, all Christians have been fully sanctified. Is that your point? <laughs> well, that was where I was going to go with this whole conversation. <laughs> I, This is Crossing Phase, the podcast featuring a Christian and a Muslim talking religion and politics. What could possibly go wrong? Your co-hosts for this adventure are me, Matt Hawkins, a once policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, and my New York Muslim friend, the multi-talented John Pinna. Show notes, bios, and all our social media links are available at crossingphase.com. John Pinna, welcome back. How you doing, sir? Good, good how are you? Day. Good to hear your voice. I know, you know, we're broadcasting from uh, Birthday Central. Yeah, Birthday Central. You were down in New Orleans. I'm still here. This is, yeah, uh, yeah we're doing it up. That's so, cool. um, yeah, I, there's a lot of guys yelling about Jesus in the court. There's a <laughs> lot the of guys. Quarter. I just think it's presumptuous to start yelling at me as if, I mean, maybe I just went to McDonald's to get a burger. It doesn't mean that I'm into all this debauchery. <laughs> this is true. You know, the guy was like yelling right at me, like personifying his you, on the Did you run into a street evangelist? Here's the problem. If you're sitting on like literally, a, well, yeah, if you're sitting on like a, a soapbox, literally with a, one of those hats, that's a, it's a hat umbrella. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. I, a hat I, umbrella. Yeah. I've, I've seen those. Yeah. I don't just, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I, I'm not feeling the, the biblical authority coming from that look. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I feel like, you know, so, so he, I got yelled at, um, and yeah. you know, I'm literally not drinking, yeah. not doing any, you know, I, I meet my, my buddy, his, his mother's in hospice. So I came down in right. part to help him and, you know, spend some time and, you know, just being a sounding board for him. I always take a sort of retreat and spend my birthday alone only because I'm yeah. I'm very reflective about how far I've come. Happy birthday, and, uh, by the way. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. So, and, yeah. And the, the circumstances of your being in New Orleans notwithstanding, you did have some access to some good food and cuisine down there, I, su- oh, I suppose. Wow, it's like, it's it's outrageous. I just like going into a place and saying, I'll have a cochon du lait, you know? <laughs> I just like saying that. And, and it's basically a grilled cheese sandwich. But the right. point is, I found I find myself so sophisticated when I, with some of this stuff, you know, um, and uh, going in and ordering this and doing that. And, uh, you know, the shrimp po' boys are delicious, you know, because yeah. I've I have a I've I've you know, because I'm bulimic, you know, I just have part A, though. I just have the gorging part. I never purge. So. It is what it is. Uh, you know, not to de- devalue anybody who's struggling with that uh, that affliction. Oh, po- boys and beignets and uh, cafe olés. Ca- yeah, well, yeah, the cafe olé. You know, just you just go into these places, and you know, the French history, the yeah. Spanish history, and then of course I go into the I go. I, so one of my friends is a voodoo uh, uh, priest, uh-huh. and so I go and I talk to him, and he's always trying to say he's like, you know, you know, you've got a lot of got a lot of uh, bad uh, situations surrounding you. Let me clear them by doing this. And I go, oh, gosh. I like my bad situations surrounding right. me. I, I need, <laughs> you understand, I, I swim in that. You know, like, like that's part of my breads and my butters is both good and evil. You know, it's, it's and if just, you're going to mess with them, please don't mess with, don't mess with them with voodoo. 
Right. Yeah. I, well, so that's the other thing. I go, I can't, I, you know, I, you know, I'm religious for your advocate, so I'm all about it. I just couldn't deal with all the kuchuma. You got to yeah. just have, there's a lot of stuff that you need. There's a lot of offerings. And from a religious perspective, I just don't have that kind of time to be purchasing and noodling over there's what to of, purchase. There's a lot of accessories. A, it's a lot of accessorizing. It's a lot. Video. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So I can't, I, I think it's cool. I really do think it's a cool religion. And, uh, and, I, and culturally, you know, there's such a, the cultural component of this. And then you know how I feel about slavery. So I, I, I get so, uh, I don't know, caught up with the idea of having to hide a religion within the religion and the strata right. there. That's, you know, and it's, I, it's both, it's, it's a, I mean, a huge religious freedom. I don't know if anybody's done a really just freedom analysis, but the idea of bringing African cultural culture and religion to America, but then having to hide it with Catholicism, yeah. with a shroud of Catholicism, from a religious freedom perspective, what a great research project. Yeah, that does sound like a I, fascinating research project. You know, and, and the problem is, is that, that there is this, so there's this movie with James Woods in this 80s called The Believers. Okay. And so he's like a cop, this kid... There's a lot of these movies where like kids want mur- which, uh, witness murders. So like right. there's another one called The Witness, I think, with uh, the, the, this Amish kid with uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I, I uh, remember The Witness. Yeah. Yeah. So like there was yeah. So there's a lot of that. Apparently, kids were watching were witnesses to murders in the 80s. It was a big theme, you know, big 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 plot thing. So um, so this this called The Believers, and this kid watches a murder, and then uh, the people that conduct the murder were I guess doing Santeria and freaked me out for i mean one of the like one of the scariest movies uh that i've you know when i was a kid was watching that movie and then it changed it it directed my sort of ideas about uh like voodoo and then i lived in new orleans for a couple of years and it was i understood what it is and what's going on and everything else but for a long time i was like don't get it don't even come near me what in the world is this place right yeah i was you know my hands would go up in the air and i'd be like i don't know you know, but if there's a chicken leg involved or something like that, and but now you know, since I've, I have like I said, friends in the religion and everything else, like I get it, and and I, I like I said, it it it's a little painful to think about uh, how an entire culture and culture and people had to practice the religion subversively under the shroud of Catholicism to do. You know, it really to me is just an amazing thing, and I think there needs to be more. There needs to be more focus on on celebrating the uh the value and it, the, the place it has and how it comforts people and how it is a, a religious tradition that is very rich uh but because we have these movies and they change you know the yeah. way you think stuff well, but i'm sure i'd certainly like to see more treatment and maybe someone's done it uh maybe listeners can uh, point it out to my to my ignorance but uh treatment along those lines of, of how the transatlantic slave trade impacted religious freedom uh, for Africans uh, and, and modified their practices. and uh, Yeah. You know, that, that would be a pretty fascinating read. I mean, for, and then the other, the other side of it, how do, how do Christians from Europe justify the economic combine of triangular trade? Like, how do you, how, how, how do you, how do you, how do you get around that? <laughs> you know, right. the tragedy of, the, of that whole industry. Oh, it was a disaster. Um, well, like the Acomienda in South America, the Spanish taking advantage of the uh, the, the, the American the, the the native cultures there, 
and building the encomienda, you know, sending the, them into sending the, the local populations to mine for them and do all this other stuff and, uh, you know, just destroying the codexes for from the Mayans, the, you know, the Mayan codexes, the their right, the, their entire written language and their history. They burn them on, you know, because they was it was the devil's documents or something. Right. And, and so all that written language and those histories are gone because these uh, Jesuits uh, rocked in there and and were not only murdering people but doing uh, destroying their their, their histories. Yeah. It's pretty. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's been a lot written about that stuff. But, but so so you got you got uh, accosted by a street preacher in New yeah. Orleans, even though. Your Maybe presence I'm, there was clearly not to take part in the uh, the stereotypical uh, French Quarter debauchery. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just feel like he, you know, and and the, you know, the problem is I can't mind my own business, you know. Uh. So, so I'm so this guy starts talking. I'm like, you know, don't, you know, and he starts going back and forth with me. Then this lady next to me goes, "I think he's talking to you." I go, "Why do you think he's talking to me?" <laughs> so then, before you know it, I'm involved in a conversation, you know, and I'm like, "Listen, you know, I'm just trying to get." So, you know, I'm just trying to, just trying to, was just trying to get down the road at Canal Street, just trying to ease my way. Because uh, I was going to Felix's, which is, uh, you know, it's on like Bourbon. It's like one block in on Bourbon, and it's it's where you get grilled seafood. So I was having, getting some, uh, you know, grilled uh, oysters. And, nice. And he's going to sit at the bar and have some grilled oysters, have a drink and relax for two minutes and, you know, sort of reflect about things and see what's going on. But, uh, you know, it was just funny because, you know, getting yelled at for being a bad guy, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe I deserve it. I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe there's something that I did. One, that, one of the few, one of the know, few folks in New Orleans not drinking and, uh, but yeah, not getting into debauchery. I mean, I do persecute you though, every, every podcast. So, you know, you know, this is your penance. I don't know. Do you guys have penance in, uh, oh, in no, we evil? don't. Yeah. You don't. That's more of a Catholic thing. Okay, so it's no penance, but we have sanctification, guys... though. Okay, what's it? Well, walk us through. Why don't you walk us with the sanctification? <laughs> you know, so, well, it's the it's the growth. The short of it is, it's the growth within the Christian life. So over over time, in the course of life, becoming more Christ-like uh, in a process that that is not culminated. It's not fulfilled until until the second coming of Christ. Uh, but we we talk about sanctification um sometimes uh in in joking terms about quote losing my sanctification which typically is referred to losing one's patience on a golf course uh or or losing one's patience with uh with your child or something like that but sanctification is a thing penance not so much so you're fully sanctified though now not fully sanctified you are because apparently the second coming has happened that's so, right. so um, because I'm reading an article right now about how Trump is the Messiah. Right. So, so Tr- Trump's the Messiah. Ergo, all Christians have been fully sanctified. Is that your point? Well, that was where I was going to go with this whole conversation. Because <laughs> I, uh, I saw this article, and then the first thing I'm saying is, you know. It's a pretty I, so brilliant Trump's, segue. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'll just say I was, I was waiting for it. So here we are reading this article that says that Trump's the, the Messiah. So I'm nervous mm-hmm. because – First of all, okay, so Jesus is the Messiah, right? So yes. as a Muslim, we turn around and we have Muhammad, you know, peace upon him and the family. But he, you guys are on us about Mo 
and now it can't be there can't be anybody after Jesus. But now you got this guy who's after Jesus. Right. And so now I'm sitting here going, okay. You know, so you know, so because you're on evangelicals us. can have Trump, but but Muslims can't have Mohammed. Is that, is that yeah your, your summary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah? What's the deal? And and it's so at least at least Muhammad is is uh, you know Abrahamic. You know he wasn't. You know he's taking care of business, and it's within the Abrahamic traditions. You know, nod to Christianity. You know, nod to Judaism. You know, and Abrahamic lineage all the way up to where he's at. And I've always had this thing where you know we honor Hazadisa. Jesus, yeah. he has he's coming back at the end of the days to open up a can on the on the the Dajjal, the, the Antichrist. He's our guy. We're all in with Jesus, with exception of that little sliver of the crucifixion, that little sliver. So why M- minor point of contention? Well, you know how I'm just hedging. I, I just keep I, I <laughs> keep I keep cutting away so we could just get right to you that. Trying to just narrow the sliver, and I keep saying, "Judge, right. it's kind of a big deal." It's like I think it is, but maybe maybe we needed a little bit extra. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes you need a little. So, so the thing is, is like because I'm heavy on the priesthood. You know, of uh-huh. I think the priesthood. Uh, you know, okay. So let's not go down that road. But you know what I'm talking about. So the challenge is, is that we've got that sliver, but the Jewish community doesn't even accept Jesus. Right. And you guys give a nod on that one uh, to to the community. You guys are collaborative with the Jewish community. We're, you know, we're have the, the the last prophet, and we needed that that extra step, right? Because the priesthood, because it was, the, you know, the, it wasn't restored because Azadisa, as the Messiah, never f- was able to fulfill what he needed to fulfill, and now we got to wait until the end of days for him to do what he's got to do, right? So, you guys now have Trump as the Messiah. And now I think all bets are off. So for those of you who might not be aware, or just for the sake of recap, uh, our friends <laughs> over at Religion News Service has a great explainer by uh, mainly Emily Miller, uh, Jack Jenkins, and got Shamron. And uh, they kind of do the play-by-play of what happened. And uh, basically, uh, last week, Trump tweeted a long quote from an admirer who claimed... Israeli Jews love the president, quote, like the king of Israel, and asserted that he's the second coming of God. The comments, of course, are from a talk show host who has a <laughs> reputation of conspiracy theories. So can we can we talk about the president's penchant for, uh, quote, tweeting or retweeting conspiracy theory folks? I mean, let's start there. <laughs> I mean, you know, is it is there any such thing as a conspiracy theory? If you tweet it, it's it's real. Well, if you, <laughs> Everyone tells me if it's in the social media, if you if you say you're in a relationship on Facebook, then you are in one, even uh-huh. if you're not. So I don't know what's real or not real anymore, to be honest with you. So all I know is, is that this is a big opening. This is a big get for my community uh-huh. right now, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> all like. Ah, uh, great. So, and if he is the, if the, what does that mean? The second coming? Does that mean he's Jesus? Yeah, I don't like, what know. Is, what... Hey, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna delve too far into uh, talk show host theology. I'm not, I'm not gonna spend too much time dwelling or researching that. Well, I mean, if you say the second coming, when it's, when it's clearly absurd. 
Okay, but the second coming means like Jesus that that's Jesus, that mm-hmm. Jesus is here. So if you claim that this is the second coming, that would mean that Trump is Jesus. I guess so, according to this guy. Okay. Sorry, I just tried to make sure I understand like where we fit in this perspective, this spectrum. Because I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, well, what? Well, what's what's fascinating to me, having watched the the Trump presidential rise, is that the within the religious right word justifications of Trump, you keep seeing the metaphors change, right? So at one point he was a Nebuchadnezzar, right? And that, right. that justifies support of him because we see Daniel working in Nebuchadnezzar's court. Right. Although Daniel also didn't have, uh, he, he had his limits, right? And he was constantly challenging uh, the king when, when possible, when it crossed his uh, Jewish ethics, right? And uh, so, but then it's not Nebuchadnezzar, it's Cyrus, right? Who was the... A ruler was it a was it in Persia? Yeah, the Persian ruler who apparently granted Jews freedom of religion. Uh, the, the practice it's an early even an artifact. The Cyrus's cylinder, right? Is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that it harmonizes the uh, the Old Testament record. So he was clearly not a per, not a man of God, not a leader of God, but like he was nice to the Jews. Therefore, Trump is our our Cyrus. Right. right now, he's King David, or some metaphor connected with with that. If not, if not a messianic figure uh, in the likeness of Christ, but and, at, le- and, at the very least, the King David uh, justification is there. All right. So, because you I, you can dismiss it as a conspiracy theory, but there's quite a few Christians, mainstream evangelicals, and they're mainstream now. I'm not. I'm not going to make a judgment how mainstream they were before, but yeah. they're definitely now mainstream that are that believe this. And, yeah, and I mean, so I... it's, so it's a little bit more than the conspiracy situation. Like I, if I pull up the National Day of Prayer speech right, right now, if I and so I'm doing this because you're going to put all your links up and and we and if we do. do that spe- and we do that speech Link, links a plenty National- at, sorry i'm going to interrupt it links a plenty at crossingphase.com go ahead yeah so so if we do that link to the to the national day of prayer and the speech that there talks about how he was it was ordained before he was born directive and we're talking about trump to do this mission messianic blah 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 so there's just quite a bit of, you know, there's quite a bit of rhetoric beyond that makes it more than just a conspiracy. There's a community of concern around this narrative where that pushes it. So, um, so all right, let's just start with that. So if the se- if so, this, let's just say it's happening. Second coming Trump's Jesus. What's supposed to happen now? <laughs> well, he did, he did come down a, 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 a a shiny escalator, but he did not. Weren't you guys supposed to be? Horse, so weren't you guys supposed can... to be brought up? What's the call? What's it called when you guys get all the good ones leave? What's it called? The, uh, the rapture. What happened to that? The, the rapture. Well, it clearly, clearly it didn't or, happen. It only happened to two people. You know I mean? Right. Or there's, or there's so few of them that were actually saved that we, did, like, we, right. we didn't miss them. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's another interpretation. Right. There's so few. 
raptured rapture right. there, there is the possibility yeah. that the premillennialists who believe in a rapture uh were, were right the only thing that they were wrong about is the the quantity of people who would be raptured <laughs> right it's just like three or four cool like dudes because like okay so i mean so we the rapture could have happened is what you're saying we just may not be aware sure of the, the of the rapture Okay, so so that's not an indicator it's, uh, it's because unknowable. we don't know the it's quantity It's an unknowable of factor. We can't so, account for it. All right. So who is so? What's supposed to happen if this if this second coming actually occurred? Because it's been three years now. Right. So let's. So you tell me, like, what are the steps? According to you, so so let's try to disprove whether or not he is Jesus. Well, using your theology. Well. Well, I like the quote from uh, John Fee, who's a professor of American history at Messiah College. He, was, he says the chosen one isn't necessarily a biblical concept. Because the phrase, the chosen one, is probably part Christianity, part science fiction, part myth, part fantasy, part Harry Potter, unquote. Okay, so... At the, at the same time, at the same time, he goes on, quote, uh, but at the same time, there is embedded within that phrase this idea that God chooses certain people and evangelicals frequently believe this, that God chooses certain people for particular moments in time to serve his purposes. Okay, so so he might be chosen to do something as a mission, and we're not, uh, and evangelicals we're, are very passionate about that at, at some right. level. We're not, yeah, that, that's, that's remained but true. But at one of, end, it's... Of all kinds of things, uh, the temptation, of course, is to place an emphasis on it for people in power, Right. Right, and uh, I mean, we 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 understand from Scripture that nobody is in power apart from God's uh, sovereign uh, power or decree. Uh, the question is, of course, the way, where where you quibble is whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? There are plenty of plenty of examples where uh, bad guys were put into power <laughs> because of judgment on the people. Um, right, and you know. Uh, Backing up, I think for for people who are especially non Christians looking into this, uh, who may or may not be freaking out about kind of the religious rhetoric surrounding uh, President Trump or the presidency in general, I think we're seeing this in a an especially kind of unvarnished and more popularized way. But there's there's plenty of, there's plenty of stuff here as far as the religious rhetoric and even the Messiah stuff that you know dates back through American presidential history uh there's there was plenty of it even during obama's years uh where a lot of his supporters uh kind of gave some nod to messianic rhetoric i mean politico was covering this in in 2007 and 2008 um once in office i think that's a lot of that seemed to dissipate but there was still plenty of support for obama and of course then the people who are out of power decry the person in power as the antichrist (laughs) Right, the people right. who don't believe it. So, you're either you're either a messiah figure or you're an antichrist. You're going to get it from both directions. When Bush was in power, there were a lot of folks, you know, who were uh, you know parent, you know, the conspiracy theorists about one world government and those kinds of things. And, and Bush was supposedly this antichrist figure. Uh, you know, the blogosphere uh, was you know, spreading this stuff around, and there were uh, rumor mills and you know, self-published books on Amazon and all kind of stuff so all to say like yeah it's especially disturbing when you see evangelicals and particularly evangelicals who have been had you know 
more or less associated with a little orthodox Protestant reading of, of Christianity kind of wrapped up in this. And they're either kind of looking the other way or, uh, or outright kind of fanning the flames of this messianic stuff. And uh, the kind of uber loyalty stuff that we see surrounding the, the Trump administration doesn't help that at all. So I think, I, I think there's a mix of American history and the civil religion that we kind of all kind of push onto that role. Uh, right. Coupled with just the kind of the typical craziness with this particular administration. Well, okay. So you have this sort of thing like, you know, God, God chooses these dudes, uh, these people at specific times to like to, for a specific, with a specific mission. Okay. So on the far right, on the far right of that, you have, okay, he's Jesus. Right. And then you have the strata in between. But so we have the claim right now that he's Jesus. Like I could turn around and be like in, in Islamic tradition, Hazrat is supposed to come down and he's supposed to into Damascus with the Mahdi, you know, the Redeemer, right? And he's supposed to like have some kind of outfit. I think it's a yellow outfit. And uh, and so that didn't happen. The Mahdi's not around, so I'm good. So I can disprove that Jesus that Jesus comes in Islam right now. Done. So tell so how do we disprove that that Trump is uh, how do we make it? Can you can we prove that he's not Jesus? Well, the, using the new your... the, the new Jerusalem the new Jerusalem is not here. That's for one. Is is it is it maybe it's maybe it is maybe New Jerusalem is like an evangelical heaven <sighs> that's centered around you know um, you know evangelical circles that are part of the council that advises the president. I mean I'm. <laughs> You know, okay. You know, like, uh, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe it maybe is. Maybe I was taking the uh, the city, the new city of Jerusalem a little too literally. Maybe it's the Oval Office is the city. Maybe it's a metaphorical, because you guys are big on that. So, you know, so maybe it's that. So that doesn't disprove it. Well, to, America, be, to be clear, the, we're, the Ameri- we're not big on the Oval Office being the, the city of Jerusalem. I don't know. I'm just because everything now all the everything's up for interpretation. So we, how do we prove? I still haven't heard. He, he what's theologically like? I said if I I am with my knowledge of of Islam. I had to say like the Mahdi has to show up. Damascus is the place. I think I'm pretty sure there's some yellow robes. There's some kind of anointing situation going on with Hazadisa, and then that's it. He's ready to rock. He's going to burn right. a hole through the the and all the. He's, there's going to be a war with the bad guys. Clearly, so, we haven't seen we haven't seen Jesus of Nazareth return from the sky with the host of angels. Okay, right? so that's, I mean, right? Yeah, so that so like the Gabriel, uh, uh, Gabriel, and it's supposed and, to be a world. Uh, Michael, it's supposed to be a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, Mike's supposed to show up. Yeah, you know, you know, they know not what they do. Well, they know now. Yeah, you know? so like, what's the What's this? What's the story? Like, what's so? You're saying that it's supposed to be like a, he's supposed to descend from heaven with the angels, and that because that didn't happen, that's proof that he, he's not Jesus. Right. I, don't, I I don't think we have to prove a negative, John. I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure because I'm just like I read a lot about like if I type in Trump Messiah, uh-huh. a lot comes up. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like <laughs> and I was I was scratching my head going, okay, you know. Let, let's run this down. If I was an evangelical, would I be like, well, maybe it happened? I don't know. You know, it's it's you know, like the, when 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 Jesus, you know, comes down from the Mount of Olives, you know, he had to be on the the the, the jackass. They had to have the palms. Uh-huh. It had to be a certain road, right? There was a specific road. The gate. He had to be a special gate. Probably. And, yeah. You know, and 
you know, did any of that stuff happen with this guy? Is there, so it's, or you just think it's all about pejorative terminology to try to bolster a political agenda because if the same thing happened, you were, she was sharing with me this, this, uh, this thing about Obama. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, the article about, uh, the messianic rhetoric infuses the Obama rallies. So the same thing happened. Yeah. Back then. Similar stuff. It looked a little different, but you still had this, uh, a lot of people, uh, attribute it to a, a, a 2007 speech by Oprah Winfrey when uh, she introduced him and uh, she was quoting a a book in a movie called The Autobiography of Jane Pittman. It's a, a book in a film <clears throat> from the 70s and uh, but, uh, attributed to uh, then candidate Obama that he's the quote, the one and uh, which carried with it uh, kind of messianic connotations. And, uh, you know, even Obama's wife, Michelle, talked in kind of spiritual terms, quote, we need a leader who's going to touch our souls, who's going to make us feel differently about one another, who's going to remind us that we are one another's keepers. Mm. You know? and, and she goes well, on. Well, Obama so, was very good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, he was very, he, he, when he spoke, he can make it, you feel it in his head, in your head and your heart. Although there was, he just, he had a problem with follow through. So... Mm. Um, with some of this stuff in well, his administration. Sure. And, you know, I think a lot of this, a lot of this looks back, I would say a lot of this reflects more on us as kind of the American public than it does even on the candidates, right? I mean, the candidates are going to exaggerate and they're going to use their rhetoric. Obama was pretty uh, polished and smooth and uh, really attractive. And then Trump is more, you know, caustic and aggressive and, um, trying to be the one that's fighting and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, there, I think there were overlaps between the two, but I think a lot of it, the, what fans the flame of them and encourages them to do it is the American public's response to it. Right. Because we kind of, fan right. we kind of put on them our hopes and dreams. Right. So in the same way that Obama was like a Rorschach test for, uh, some Americans, President Trump's a Rorschach test for others on the opposite side of the political spectrum. And we kind of place this weight of hope on them that is, you know, you know, it's it's superhuman, really, what we expect of them. And candidates and politicians who I think are mature spiritually are able to, you know, throw away, you know, ignore that nonsense or have people who uh, help keep them sane and, and not let it get to be about them as much. And then, you know, you have others who just kind of play into it and fan the flames and, and don't care. Okay. So your judgment right now, if you were a, he's Jesus B, he's not Jesus three undecided. C, you're undecided. <laughs> B, B, not Jesus. Okay. Just, you know, all right. You know, you just want to make sure, you know, and there's very specific reasons why no angels, no, no cloud music. All right. Okay. We don't, with a rapture, we don't know if it happened. It could have happened though. Right. It could have. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get caught up in the rapture. I'm 90% sure. Plus I'm, I would be very excited. I'd be like, listen, all the nerds are gone. Let's, let's get scrappy and, and with, with Hazadisa and start murdering demons. I'd be all about it, you know? So, you know, like, like let's get rid you, of, you just, you just want to be Buffy the vampire slayer. Come on, how cool would it be? I mean, like it would just—you you, know—you just—it's just you're—you're—you you're, were literally the working with the forces of good against the forces of evil. There's no indirect. Right. It's very direct. 
you know, it's and very I'm clear. And yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's like the weapons would be pretty cool. There'd be some kind of flaming sword. They're all about that stuff over there. So there'd be all kinds of little business that would happen to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's certainly a cleaner, a cleaner or simpler playing field than uh, politics and policymaking. I'd like to think that he's going to bring a lot of Greek mythology back with him. There'd be a Pegasus in the mix. You know what I mean? I think there'd be some of those, you know, some of those, a little bit of that business. He'd be like, okay, we're just going to start, you know, bringing in a griffin or two. Who wants to, who wants to ride the griffin? I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit for the team. I'd like to think there'd be a lot of mythology that all of a sudden comes out of the woodwork. Oh, you know? that's awesome. That's so. Funny. Um, but you know, that's just my, my own little so, thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, you told me you were, uh, getting a lot of, uh, feedback, uh, from your circle of friends, presumably some of your Muslim friends about this Messiah stuff. What, what was the chatter like when people were asking you about that stuff? Because you, you're one who's interacted with, uh, the administration. It's part of your job. It's, uh, it used to be part of my job. Like, uh, what were the, what were the kind of responses you were getting when, uh, this messiah story broke so well the first question so there's a little bit there's i think there's three camps one is the sort of does they really believe this uh camp and is uh and if that's true then what what does that mean for us in the community the second is uh i think they really do believe this and and there's and and this could this could be a very big problem for us (laughs) this is the i told you so the i told you so crowd Right. And, and because the narrative of that this is a Christian country and, right. you know, we've been fighting against this narrative of that Christians are the most persecuted. So it's like this idea that you're that the community is per- the most persecuted, but the ones in power. And, you know, I have that whole narrative of you can't be a pimp and a prostitute, too, you know. And so uh, and then the third was I, I was there was a lot of questions about, OK, what does that mean? Like how do they get? How does how does one designate who who's the authority in designating the second coming? Right. <laughs> Essentially, you know. So, I, like to me, I, I I'm again riffing a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's right. Damascus. Pretty sure the Mahdi has to be here. Pretty sure there's a yellow outfit involved. Pretty sure there's an anointing situation. And then there's like a who's on our team? You know, there's like a line, and then everybody those that come on the other side of the line or in the forces of good, and we're gonna go that way. Um, I think, and which seems to me a little bit more of a collaborative matrix. But so I, so the community, we were chatting about this, and it wasn't just me. I was speaking with some of my friends in the Jewish community and some of my friends in the Christian community, and you know, dismissing things like dismissing it by saying, "Oh, well, of course that's not the case," or it's a conspiracy theory, isn't enough when we're trying to talk about well, what what is it. When we're, I, we're, I wouldn't say we're under siege right now. I, I don't think that's fair to say as a, as a Muslim community. But I, I think that there is a, a tremendous amount of nervousness uh, because, uh, you know, I always reference the, the, the letter to the, what's his name, uh, George Washington's letter to the synagogue, right, right in, in Rhode Island. And, and uh, you know, the, the Jewish community, Rabbi says, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm in America and we were religiously persecuted and now we're in Rhode Island and I don't know what's going on here. And he sends this letter reassuring him saying this is a country that's founded on religious freedom. You don't have to fear. Do what you got to do. Be who you want to be, you know. Right. And that is the beginnings of our country. Founding father. Boom. It's right there. And. Um, that letter to me is very important because this whole idea of a Christian nation, this whole idea of all this stuff, there were Muslims here at the beginning, there were Christians here at the beginning, there were all different types of people here. 
and and religious religious freedom is the founding principle of our country, which means not Christian religious freedom. It means religious freedom, freedom to believe, not believe, the freedom to choose, the freedom to change. And so that founding principle, if you start chipping away at that and say, well, it's it's really religious freedom for Christians, that's really what it means. And we'll be gatekeepers on what religions are 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 acceptable within that that con that that that, that our group, which is right. why we made that reference about how you know we give a nod to Judaism, who doesn't accept Jesus as there is as a Messiah that the Christians, but they but they won't give a nod to, to Islam, uh, right. which, that believes in Isa that Isa has Jesus has a a, a prominent place uh, in, in the religion. So I'm trying to reconcile all that. And I think that that's some of the origins, particularly of the questions that came out of this. Uh, but also there's a, this nervousness of, is this the next level of, of, of crazy that we're going, that we're getting to, right. you know, so yeah. now, you know, he's your guy. Right. Uh, uh, okay. Now he's Jesus. Okay. So now uh -huh. it, does that mean that uh, there's, an acceptable level of, of violence in the second coming. And that's an extreme view, but there's, you know, reason to get nervous about how, when people start thinking that they're, that, that they're, <laughs> that they're, there's an ordained individual in the white house. That's their guy. Uh, that might be, that might, and so I think there's a, I think a lot of the questions came out of nervousness sure. um, and clarification. And that's why I asked you, I'm like, so what are the signs that, that, that maybe I missed the signs. Is it, you know, so, but with rapture, that was a good one. It could have only been three of us. Right. Right. Well, let's, <clears throat> let's be clear of, uh, as far as <laughs> outside people wondering who, who is the authority. I can tell you who it's not. It's not a uh, libertarian talk show, uh, talk radio hosts who on their about page, uh, this Wayne Allen Root is pictured in front of a Maserati. Oh, I love it. Like, like I mean, well, well no, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I talked to a, I talked to an evangelical <laughs> who needed to get like a better, like a G something jet to, to spread the word. He needed to get uh -huh. his followers to buy him a better jet because it was his chariot. So maybe the Maserati yeah. allows him to spread the word faster. You know, um, yeah. what do you think? Well, well, certainly he, well, he, his, his own bio says the quote unquote capitalist evangelist right so he's claiming a mantle of an evangelist for capitalism but uh you know he's not exactly one who uh is even himself uh boasting of his theological authority right right and what, what and what's what, what's really odd about it is you have a libertarian uh once politician talk radio host clearly a capitalist uh you know fiscal conservative kind of guy uh, who's making a lot of money for himself, and he his quote is in the context of making a comment on Israeli Jews. So actually, wasn't even about the comment itself wasn't about American evangelicals. It's only voted back on American evangelicals once Trump tweets it, right, right, <laughs> quote tweets it, and then everybody swings the camera to uh, evangelical supporters and like, do you believe is the Messiah? <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I, like I'm the first person to say I, you know, I, I what is the first thing I did? I like circled back to you and said, right. you know, I, I shot you the article and going, what do we, do? you know, is, yeah. am I, are we, I was all excited. I'm like, do we start, are we going to fight? Is and this what's and happening? Then, and, and then for a week, you know, all, <laughs> all the news stories are talking about this thing and the president once again demands attention and shapes the news cycle with his own tweets. Yeah. Everybody well, goes running from one to the next.
Well, that, I mean, but, but he, I, but I, I evangelicals are innocent I, in, yeah. in, in, I mean, I think there's a, there's a, there is a tremendous amount of culpability between, you know, with the evangelical leaders and how they depict the president. And I'm, look, here's it, you know, they, I know they, I know they do believe it. And I'm talking about some of the, some of the evangelical leaders and okay, you know, I kind of get it. They, you know, this, this agenda seems to be within their wheelhouse. This is they are able to influence things appropriately and move things forward. I collaborate with a lot of these leaders uh, um, to try because I try to steer the ship in the right direction and provide an alternate narrative. But uh, I think we're starting to get dangerous if we're starting to talk about the president being Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I just think we're I, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, you know, and then, but here, then here's the thing is like, I'm not, a, I can't say that he's not, I mean, I could say that he's not, but then if I, if we say, okay, from an evangelical perspective, how do we prove he's not? Yeah. And, well, you know, so. Well, look, look, I, I, in most evangelical congregations across the country, most, notwithstanding their Trump, the support for president Trump, which I think is a lot like other non-evangelical support for Trump, but uh, most people understand that okay. the United States is not part of biblical. It's not part of the biblical eschatology. It well to Mormonism, Mormons it is. This is the is, to, Mor- is, to Mormon it, to Mormons it may be. Uh, not yeah. so much to uh, evangelicals. Okay, yeah, because this is there. There are some look. There are some some groups that believe that, uh, but they tend to be. You know, the scriptural justification for it is clearly extremely thin uh and and the most most folks who believe that are really fringy right okay <laughs> so, so on the one hand look <laughs> i i i'm gonna do my collective eye roll with you about about the trump messiah tweets um but you know at the end of the day i'm not gonna lose a whole lot of sleep over it Okay. Well, I mean, like you said, I think it's it was good. It's good for radio, right? So, I mean, I well, and, you know, I mean, to the extent that our own, my own tribe of uh, evangelicals is tempted to, uh, to to see him that way. I mean, that that deserves a rebuke for sure. I mean, when I when I declared myself uh, a never Trumper during 2016, you know, uh, there were people, uh, there were evangelicals harassing me on social media and. Uh, one one went so far. A guy from my childhood went so far as to call him "quote God's rescue boat for America." Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, you know that that's how far it went. Um, but yeah, I don't I I don't think that is in the majority. It's certainly not. Uh, it's certainly not being taught in our seminaries. I can promise you that. Do you? I mean, if the, if it was to come up in the seminary, do you think it would create controversy? Not much. No, it would be it would be laughed out of the room. So should we put a survey on our website? because <laughs> I think we can do Survey Monkey, and we could say who <laughs> believes you know the you know whether or not Trump is the Messiah. We could just do it. We can just get some data. What do you think? Should we do that? Good. This has been Crossing Phase with John Pinnett and Matt Hawkins, a podcast of Roll Top Productions. 
You can continue the conversation with us if you dare on Twitter via at MTHawk, at JTPenna, and at Crossing Phase. Love it or hate it, we'd appreciate your review of our program wherever you glean your favorite podcasts, especially in the iTunes store. Music for this episode is provided courtesy Vajra. Show notes and an assortment of other information is available at crossingphase.com. <laughs>